Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Beer and Money. I am Ryan Burklow. And I'm Alex Gons. And on today's episode, we are going to be talking about three moves to take with your money in regards to capital gains tax. Everyone's favorite subject, taxes. Before we dive into that, uh, we have a special uh, beer of the day today because of taxation. We thought we would drink a beer uh, that essentially means the end of the world. It's a joke, but when we're talking about taxes, so the, the name of the beer is called Le Femme du Monde. Yeah, it's, uh, it comes from uh, Unibrew, uh, which is a, f- a brewery out of uh, Quebec. So uh, that's why it's in French, uh, the La Fin du Mont. Uh, so it's, this is a Belgian triple. It, uh, it's a bit potent at 9%. So it's, it's one of the stronger beers that's out there. Um, I mean, I, I've had beers that are up into the low teens, but uh, uh, th- this will... This will give, this will give you a nice kick to it. It's not a Coors Light. <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> I've used a nineteen. Um, and before hopping on 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 air here, we we had tried a sample, and Alex, you know, in typical Alex fashion, want you know, watched me as I took my first sip, and he was curious as to my my uh, reaction. And when when you think of drinking a Belgian style type of beer, at least from my experience has been, it has a little bit of a, a kick, if you will, in the back of the throat. And this doesn't have it at all. It's all in the front of the mouth. And Alex explained it is, it, it's smoother for sure. Mm-hmm. And you're about to say what, what it's kind of a mix between a sour, I believe is what you're going to say. Yeah. I mean, it's, it almost has that kind of real light hint of a sour and, and most sours hit you in the front of the mouth, which is what you were talking about and describing is, is that the, the flavor is all at the front of the mouth as opposed to the back of the mouth. Yeah. I am. I'm typically not a fan of sours. I won't (laughs) say that I'm not a fan because I'm sure there's a sour out there that Alex will make me drink that I'll (laughs) maybe enjoy. Um, So yeah, this is definitely different. Um, I am the more I drink it, I, I'm definitely enjoying it more, but that, that first reaction of what I expected versus what it tasted like that, that was, that was different. I'll just say it that way. Yeah. I mean, this is, this is not your typical Belgian now. I mean, it depends on what you're really expecting from your typical Belgian. A triple is going to be uh, quite a bit stronger, but this, this really does balance that, uh, that higher alcohol content with with the smooth flavor, it's, it's very drinkable. Agreed. So speaking of, it's not your typical beer, uh, <laughs> transitioning that into taxes. So there's a lot of conversation out there going on around what capital gains tax might be next year. Yeah. Well, in, in here in the state of Washington, we actually had a, a little bit of a surprise in that a capital gains tax got uh, got passed right here at the end of the legislative session. Yeah. So, you know, obviously Alex and I don't know what it's, what the tax is going to be a here in the state of Washington and B federally, all signs are pointing towards that taxation going up. We just don't know what that's going to be. So with that, with that in mind, 
we thought we would have a conversation today around, okay, what is it that you should be looking at in terms of where your money is and how it's going to get, get taxed in terms of the capital gains tax and what moves to take? Yeah, well, I mean, we actually can talk a little bit about the Washington state tax simply because it's now passed. Um, and it doesn't mean that uh, we, it won't face uh, legal challenges and things of that nature, but uh, we, we can definitively tell you what, what got passed. So what got passed, Alex? It is a 7% capital gain on the voluntary sale of stocks, bonds, and other capital assets. And I believe it was two hundred above 250,000. Is that correct? Yes, correct. So obviously the smaller amount of sales, this isn't going to have an effect on you. Um, if you were to sell and have set, this could have an effect on real estate sales, right? So for those, those people that are maybe buying and flipping homes, you know, depending on the structure that you're, you're setting in the, the proceeds from those home sales or, and what the home, what, what type of structure the home was in, this could have an effect on that right away. Yeah, it very much could. Um, I mean, there there are some exemptions, uh, and you and I haven't had a chance. Like this thing literally got passed over the weekend, uh, and you and I have not had a chance to to dig into the bill itself yet. Um, there are some some carve outs here, which are kind of nice. Uh, looking at uh, small business owners, uh, family owned small businesses, residential and real property have uh, some exemptions to it. Uh, obviously, retirement accounts are also exempted, um, mostly because they're not subject to capital gains tax. Um, but uh, it, it's nice to make sure that the to understand that the legislature did did uh, make sure that there is some language in there that that makes sure that uh, uh, retirement plans are exempt from this seven percent uh, sale on on capital goods uh, inside of retirement accounts. Yeah, so before we we jump into the three moves to take here, Alex, what just hit me is we should probably quickly explain the difference between capital gains tax and ordinary income tax, because I think they often get confused, um, especially if we've got some some RSUs or stock options um, and just in general, right? Like ta taxation tends to be a, uh, not um, fully understood. Uh, well, yeah, our, our tax code only has uh, two mountains of paperwork that it's written upon. So, um, I mean, it's perfectly clear as to what exactly our tax code is, right? Uh, yep. Like uh, something really thick. <laughs> um, so, yeah, let's start out with just uh, what is a capital gain? Uh, so a capital gain is the sale of a capital asset. So something that you bought and hold and held. Um, and there's a big distinction between whether you hold it for a short period of time or a long period of time. Uh, that time period is one year. So if you hold it longer than one year, it is a long-term capital gain. If you hold it shorter than one year, it is a short-term capital gain. If it is a short-term capital gain, it is taxed at uh, your ordinary income rates. Uh, if it is a long-term gain, it is taxed at capital gains tax rates. Um, and so, you know, that is, that is where, um, you know, this type of a component comes into play. Uh, now in the state of Washington's bill, uh, I believe both short-term and long-term capital gains would be subject to this tax. Uh, again, uh, we haven't dug into the, the fine details of the, uh, of this particular bill, uh, but since Washington state doesn't have a state income tax, 
Um, and that's actually one of the legal challenges that's going to face this bill. Um, it, it, it appears that the whether it's a short-term capital gain or a long-term capital gain, uh, both would be subject to this 7% uh, tax. Okay. So now that you know there's two different tax rates, right? You've got capital gains tax and uh, at ordinary income tax rates. We're going to focus today on the capital gains tax. So with the moves that are seemingly coming our way, and I'll kind of transition here to, to the federal capital gains tax here, Alex, just to kind of focus there. The thought is that capital gains tax rate is going to go up. And so as you're looking at your assets right now and what's going on, you might be thinking, okay, what, what, what should I be doing? Well, step one, you should really be looking at, okay, what is the current in the year 2021, what's your current capital gains exposure? Yeah. And like, this is something that not everyone really fully understands um, because it is a a different tax rate than um, your uh, ordinary income rate. Um, So the first thing to do is to go ahead and figure out like, okay, are you subject to 0% cap gains tax, 15% cap gains tax, or 20% capital gains tax? Um, And then there's also that uh, additional 3.8% 3.8% on high income earners um, that was passed as part of the Affordable Care Act. So as high as 23.8, if we include that 3.8 um, a piece there. And so your money that is not in a retirement style of an account, right? This is your 401ks, the, this is your IRAs, this is your Roth IRAs, right? So this is money that's invested that is taxable essentially now, mm-hmm. or can be once you sell, what will that money look like or how much of that money will be taxed? It, and looking at the year 2022, what happens if that tax then goes higher? Right. And so the proposal that's come out from uh, uh, President Biden uh, under this new tax plan would be to raise up capital gains uh, potentially as high as 39.6 for high income earners. Um, And there's undoubtedly going to be a whole lot of movement and discussion and on what is a high income earner and at what point do we cross what threshold and all of those fun details. Uh, but if we're looking at a 39.6% uh, tax plus then the 3.8% uh, surplus, uh, we could potentially be as high as uh, 30, uh, sorry, 43.4% uh, in terms of a, a capital gain tax rate. Yeah, and then for those of you who have uh, maybe a state income tax or, so, or some sort of capital gains within the state level, this pushes into, uh, on the higher income earners at least, this pushes into the, the 50 plus percent. Right. But let's, let's say that you live in Washington state and it's subject to that new 7% tax. Now you're looking at 50.4% here in the state of Washington. So I, first step, identify what your current exposure is, which takes us to step two. Okay. Once you know that exposure, where should you be putting money, new money moving forward, as well as the old money? What should you be doing with it, right? So 
some some tax favorable environment type of an accounts, Alex, that, that people should be considering um, putting new money and or maybe transferring old money into. Right. Well, before we leave identifying the current capital gains tax exposure, sorry, Ryan, um, we need to like there may be a window of opportunity here for us to make changes based upon that information. So if these taxes go into effect in 2022, for example, um, then we've got between now and uh, December or January 1st of 2022 to affect changes. And that's one of the reasons why identifying both your current capital gains uh, tax exposure, as well as future capital gains tax exposure based on the potential of these two, uh, th- these two bills, one that has already been passed and the other one that has just been proposed uh, is important to understand um, and think through, okay, how and when are we going to, uh, to do anything with uh, our, our holdings as a result of of these uh, pieces of legislation. 100%. So the good news is we do have some time to be able to, to go ahead and, and make adjustments once we've identified what our current capital gains exposure is, uh, both now and in the future, uh, depending upon you know the legislation. But to your point, the next thing is, okay, where can we put dollars that are going to avoid these additional uh, tax exposures. And so you brought up locations um, and the, the primary three locations are going to be inside of uh, qualified plans, inside of IRAs, whether traditional or Roth. Um, and lastly, inside of uh, permanent life insurance. Yeah. So each one of those have, have different taxation structures, right? You could defer the tax, right? And pay the taxes when you start to pull the money out, um, say in retirement or past the age of 59 and a half. Um, or you got the Roth component, right? Which is after tax dollars now, tax deferred growth, and then tax free when you pull the money out past the age of 59 and a half. And then we've got the permanent life insurance component, right? And, you know, life insurance is, you know, it's life insurance first, right? Make sure that we were protecting our income um, or maybe estate planning type of um, purposes. And then there's the cash value component. And the cash value component is tax deferred growth, and with certain stipulations, you can actually access that money tax-free as well. So th- those are three different structures in which you could be putting new dollars to either avoid the capital gain structure or frankly, just make sure we've got some balance or diversification of how our money will be taxed uh, today and into the future. Absolutely. And there's pros and cons to each one of these different structures. Um, So our recommendation is sit down with a professional who uh, is familiar with all of these various different structures and is familiar and capable of of providing uh, tax insight. Um, And you may wind up having uh, multiple different advisors that you sit down with to wind up uh, getting to the point where you can get tax advice from a tax professional and investment advice from uh, an investment professional um, so that you've got a truly balanced, well thought out plan and you've got all your professionals uh, rowing your, your financial boat in the same direction. Yeah. So which takes us to number three, um, you know, look at where all of your money is right? Not just the money that is in the capital gains type treatment now, but where is all of your money? How much is in a tax deferred model, like 401k type of model versus Roth versus the capital gains, right? Versus, you know, permanent life insurance, right? There's several different account structures that you can have. 
how is that money going to be taxed when you go to pull it out in say some version of your retirement or maybe pre-retirement, depending on, on what your, what your goals and plans are there. Right. So what's the strategy? And we're going to, in our next episode, we're going to talk about three different strategies when it comes to retirement income to lessen that tax burden. So we'll talk into that in our next uh, episode here, but for today's episode, you know, I thought, I, where is all of your money? Have you looked at it from that standpoint? Like how much of your money is tax deferred? Right. Right. Just look at that. If all of it's tax deferred, if you, if the main income outside of social security that you're going to get in retirement is a tax deferred or even a pension, frankly, because pensions are ordinary income. It's still taxable income. Right. Right. If it's ordinary income and taxes go up, right. What does that do to your net cash flow or net income? Right. That's a, that's a big thing to consider. Second thing to consider here. And Alex, you were, you were hitting the nail on the head here that I don't think many people either realize or just don't look at it from this standpoint. You should have a couple people looking at your money from a taxation standpoint. And what I mean by that is there are some CPAs out there that are looking at your, your taxation really through like the rear view mirror, meaning, okay, what are the rules, laws, and regulations that are in place for the year 2021? And that CPA's job, the way that they're looking at it is, how do I lessen your tax burden or taxable amount of money this year? Right. And they, they have a tendency to occasionally discount the, the benefit of having something be tax-free in the future because the, the amount of the deduction is unknown because we don't know what taxes are going to be in the future. Correct. So then you should have another professional in your life that's looking out the front windshield of your car. Not that they're going to predict what, predict what taxes are going to be in the future because that's impossible. However, looking at it from a standpoint of, okay, when you go to pull money from these different accounts, how will you be taxed? What strategies will you be able to have? That's the true value of having someone in your life that can coordinate everything here. And I'm not saying the CPA is a bad person. I'm not saying that the, the person that's looking at the front windshield is a bad person or a good person for that matter. It's more of having those two professionals on the same page is what's key. Well, and, and it might just be as simple as having them have a conversation in front of you where you get to learn what the different viewpoints are. Um, and the, the person who's looking out the front window, you know, as Dr. Fow and I discussed in the, the recent interview, like he was talking about this tax torpedo where it's possible for an extra dollar's worth of income to have a, a significantly higher impact uh, because of the cumulative effects of some of the other taxation, where even if you're only in the 22% marginal tax bracket, because of how taxation works in an at retirement, it's entirely possible that one extra dollar worth of income uh, will wind up having a significantly larger impact on your taxation because it makes other components become taxable, like 
Social Security becomes more taxable as a result of taking extra income, or you lose out on uh, various different deductions, whether it's for uh, uh, income or whether it is on, say, property taxes. A hundred percent. I mean, you know, again, the purpose of this episode specifically is how are you looking at your capital gains taxes, right? How are you looking at taxes in general, frankly, for that matter? And and where is all your money sitting? And that's been a key component in almost every episode we've ever done here is making sure that we've got some sort of proactive planning rather than reactive planning uh, when, we, when it comes to to our our dollars. And it's not even about, it's not necessarily about the dollars, what the dollar is able to, to provide for us, which is that lifestyle, that legacy th- that we all want now and into the future. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about strategy and how do the pieces fit together to, to create that optimum or most efficient plan possible. Exactly. Which takes us to the question of the day, Mr. Collins. And the question of today is, who is it that's on your team? Who is it that helps you plan and con- do you, that you consult with to address your capital gains situation? So head over to beerandmoney.net. And at the bottom of that page, you can answer our question today or provide us with any questions or topics that you would like us to speak about. We hope this episode was valuable for you. And as always, Mr. Collins. Cheers. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not to be construed as tax, legal, or investment advice. Although the information has been gathered from sources believed to be reliable, please note that individual situations can vary. Therefore, the information should be relied upon only when coordinated with individual professional advice. Guests, speakers, and their friends are not affiliated with or endorsed by Park Avenue Securities, Guardian, or Quantified Financial Partners, and opinions stated are their own. Guardian, its subsidiaries, agents, and employees do not provide tax, legal, or accounting advice. Consult your tax, legal, or accounting professional regarding your individual situation. All investments and investment strategies contain risk and maintenance value. Ryan and Alex are registered representatives and financial advisors of Park Avenue Securities, LLC. OSJ333 North Indian Hill Boulevard, Claremont, California, 91711. Telephone 909-399-1100. Securities products and advisory services offered through Park Avenue Securities, member FINRA, SIPC. Financial representatives of the Guardian Life Insurance Company of America, Guardian, New York, New York. Park Avenue Securities is a wholly owned subsidiary of Guardian. Quantified Financial Partners is not an affiliate or subsidiary of Park Avenue Securities or Guardian. Ryan Burkle AR Insurance License, number 1531912. CA Insurance License, number 0K24924. Alexander Collins AR Insurance License, number 7264699. CA Insurance License, number 0H24806. Pinpoint number 2021120532. Expiration April 2023.